Well, good morning, church. So good to have you here uh, this morning, uh, whether you're here in this building or whether you are in a virtual environment. And um, I just want everybody to know that um, I hope that you are practicing your social distancing while, while you're at home, okay? Um, so don't cuddle up on the couch too close, okay? Um, we, don't, we, don't want, uh, we don't want any, any, anything to happen there. Um, Hey, I just want to welcome you. It's so good to have uh, each and every person uh, here uh, watching online as we, are, as we are gathered together this morning. Uh, you know, sometimes I find that uh, song brings me into a, a sense of truth about who God is. I think about songs that I've sung over my entire life. Um, over my time as a, as a preacher that have moved my life, certainly uh, some songs that have moved you. Amazing. Thousands of other kids, and it just felt like uh, with whatever the preacher said, with whatever the music was that particular night, um, you walked away with a clear sense that God was amazing. Maybe He, he placed a calling on your life that night. And you're looking back and you're looking at the Christ and Youth Conference with everything and you're thinking, I know that there was a thousand people there, but it felt like it was me and Jesus. And I was amazed at what God was doing. And God changed my life that night. And maybe for you it was a summer camp. Maybe you went to camp and you got to hear an entire week of, of God's good message. And it was His Gospel just stirring in you day after day after day. It, it was a study in the, in the Bible and, and you walked through it uh, time and again and something stirred with inside of you and, and you look back at that time in camp and it was like nothing else that's ever happened in your life. And the conclusion that you came to that day was, man, God is amazing. I'm, I'm amazed at who God is. And maybe for some of you, it didn't have anything to do with a CIY or a camp. Maybe it was an intellectual argument. Maybe someone for the first time sat you down and, and you needed evidence, man. You needed some evidence that God was who He says He was in the Scriptures. And then they began to open up God's Word in an apologetics sort of way, in a defense sort of way. And you needed evidence that, that God actually created the world. Maybe, maybe they opened up the laws of thermodynamics or the theory of relativity to you and they said, check this out. Look how God uses these things in an enormous way. And that day, you're looking back going, man, God is absolutely amazing. And maybe it was way simpler than that. Maybe it was that you knew a Christian and you watched their life. And they were more generous than anybody that you had ever known. They, they gave out of even their poverty. When they didn't have something to give, they gave anyway. Because they recognized this generous grace that God had given to them. Uh, maybe it was in that person's life that, that sometimes they were wrong. Maybe they got angry or they got upset. And, and they came to you and they asked for your forgiveness. And you didn't forget about that. And you watch that person's life with great consistency and you watch them open up their word and you watch them be a part of their church and you watch them serve and it was because of that person that you came to know who Jesus was and that day you could say, God is amazing, absolutely. And maybe it was that you saw a life transformed. 
Maybe you looked at a life that that was different than what it is now and you thought, uh, there's no way in the world that that anybody could ever change this person. And yet, uh, you watched as God chipped away at at a calloused heart and you watched as somebody was changed Maybe they were an alcoholic. Maybe they were addicted to drugs. Maybe it was an addiction to pornography. And you watched as God chipped away at their life and at their heart. And you watched as they were changed. You watched as they were transformed. And it was that day that you said, I'm amazed. I'm never not going to be amazed at what God is doing in the world. Maybe they began to go to CR, celebrate recovery, and they were changed time and time again as they began to live more consistently for God. Perhaps the transformation that you watched was someone, a husband or a wife that was callous and rude and rebellious. They didn't have the time of day for their spouse and and maybe they began to change and they began to, to be gracious and kind and use kind words with their spouse in a way that you never would have imagined before that. And perhaps it is that that God just did something so extraordinary in your life that you look back and you're saying, God God is amazing. Maybe it was that He healed an illness in your family or perhaps it was you. Perhaps it is that that God has taken a, a deep, deep wound in your family and He has healed it. He has reconciled two things in your family that you thought could never be brought back together. But you recognized the power of the cross of Jesus and you saw that God and His amazing power could, could bring two, two people so far away back together again. We're going to begin a series today and over the next several weeks, and we're, we're calling it Amazed Again. We're saying we are going to be amazed again about who Jesus is. We're going to walk through instances in Luke's Gospel when Luke mentions uh, that there's people uh, who in Jesus' ministry are amazed at what Jesus is doing. That there's amazement happening around Jesus. We're going to totally reject in a time of uncertainty any ho-hum attitude about amazement when it comes to Jesus. We're going to say, hey, we as a people of God are going to be amazed again at what Jesus was doing just like we did before. Just like the first time we were amazed at Jesus, we're going to come back, we're going to open the Gospel, and we're going to recognize that Jesus is amazing again. And this morning, gang, we're going to be amazed again at God's Word. We're going to be amazed at at the Scriptures. We're going to be amazed at who God is and what He does in His Word. This morning, we find that there are people who around Jesus are amazed. And we want to be amazed again. We find that Jesus has just actually, he's, he's been baptized. He's gone off into the desert to be tempted by Satan himself. He's withstood the temptation. By the way, he's withstood in part because of his recognition of God's Word. And now he has walked into his ministry. It's just beginning. 
And Luke makes special mention that it was in the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus began to preach. And He came to preach, it says at the end of chapter 4 in fact, that Jesus came to preach uh, so that He might preach the good news of the kingdom of God. And He does so in the power of the Spirit. And when Jesus goes to preach, He's going to the synagogues. He's going from one town to the next. And He's preaching in the synagogues. And Luke tells us that when Jesus does this, uh, there are towns who are responding in amazement. So this morning, as we walk through this text, as we walk through this text in Luke, we're going to ask ourselves really four guiding questions for our time together. The first question that we're going to ask is, well, what should amaze us about God's Word? What is it about this this Word of God that that should constantly amaze us? The second question we're going to ask is, at times, what is it that derails our amazement? What is it that can dull our amazement of who God is and what He's doing of His Word? What sometimes uh, takes us away from an excitement and amazement of God and His Word. The third question we're going to ask is, well, how do I adjust? How do I make sure that, that I'm amazed again by God's Word? And then finally, we're just going to ask, you know, what are the results? What are the possible results of when I am amazed at God and His Word? What might be the result? What what might be the outcome for when I find God in my life, when I find I'm amazed at God's Word? So that we can answer all of those questions this morning, I want you to open up your Bibles right where you are. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. I want you to open up to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to give you a minute to, to do that, just like I would if you were here sitting with me. If you don't have a Bible sitting on your couch or in a, on your kitchen table, would you go grab a Bible? Would you open it up? We're going to be in Luke's Gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's the third book in the New Testament. So it's toward the back of your Bible. Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And we're going to be in chapter 4. Luke, Luke chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And we're going to be in chapter 4. Jesus is probably in his adult hometown. He's in Capernaum. And we find that Jesus is presenting a message there to the synagogue where people are amazed at what's happening. They find themselves amazed at God's powerful Word. Uh, We find in answer to our question, what should we be amazed about? Uh, What should we be amazed about? when we come to God's Word, it's the power and authority of God's Word that we ought to be amazed consistently. God's power, powerful Word, His authority in His Word, ought to amaze us again. Would you join me in Luke chapter 4 and look at verse 31 to begin. Then He went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath He taught the people. They were amazed at His teaching because His words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon. 
an impure spirit, he cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. And the demon threw the man down before them and came out without injuring him. Now listen, all the people were amazed and said to one another, What words these are! With authority and power, He gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out! And the news about Him spread throughout the whole surrounding region. What ought to amaze us about God's Word is that it constantly has power and authority. We ought to be amazed at God's Word because His Word has power and authority over us. It's the power and the authority of God's Word is the reason that we find ourselves amazed again. Now, there's several things going on. Why why in the world are these people amazed at Jesus? Why are they amazed at what Jesus has done? I mean, the history books tell us that there were other people who had exercised demons. It wasn't just Jesus. What's interesting to note here, though, is that twice Luke says that the people were amazed. They're amazed because it has power and authority. It's raw. It's in and of itself good and holy and righteous. And we ought to be listening. I remember several years ago, I was at a conference. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, this particular well-known speaker, um, he couldn't be there. And so he was doing kind of what I'm doing with you now. He had gone and he had recorded his message ahead of time uh, so that we would have it in the main conference center. I'll never forget though that one of the things as he did as he opened up God's Word and as he was, as he was preaching, he piped in his own applause. He piped in his own laughter. Like if he said something funny, he piped in laughter from the sound booth so that everybody would laugh. It was the most awkward thing I think I've ever experienced. And I thought, that's weird. You know what? Jesus didn't need anything like that. He didn't need piped in applause. He didn't need piped in laughter so that that people would say, oh yes, uh, uh, What a wonderful message of authority. No, Jesus just simply spoke it and it was. And perhaps you've been in places like I have where you've heard the Word preached and it was so raw, it was so genuine and authentic that you said, man, that's a word of authority that is going to change my life. Whiting Christian Church, I know that lots has changed in the last two weeks. I know that perhaps you're thinking in a time of uncertainty, what are we going to do? Everything has changed. But can I tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the one thing that hasn't changed is God's powerful and authoritative Word. His Word is still powerful. It's unchanging. It has authority for you and me. And maybe you're thinking, everything has changed at Whiting Christian Church, but it hasn't. 
the one thing that stands unchanging for Whiting Christian Church and churches around the world, for you and for me who believe in Jesus, is the powerful and authoritative Word of God. And you can know that Whiting Christian Church is never going to stop preaching God's Word. We're never going to stop saying God's Word has power and it has authority. We're never going to stop saying uh, and preaching that Jesus came, that He came so that He might die and died so that we might live and He resurrected on the third day and He's in heaven right now waiting for a time when He's going to come back. There's never going to be a time when we're not going to come back to God's Word and say it has power and authority over your life and mine because this is where we live. This is where we have our being. Everything has changed and yet nothing has changed. I know that your schedules have changed. I know that your schools have changed. I know that your routine has changed. But you can know this morning that there's an unchanging power and authority to who God is through His Word. It has power and authority, gang. It has power and authority over all of us. God invited Himself into the human experience as a small child conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, And He grew in wisdom and strength and understanding of of His identity and His mission. And when He understood that mission, He came to teach and He came preaching the good news of the Kingdom of God. God's reign and rule was now upon us. And when it was time, when it was His time, He came and He sacrificed Himself on a cruel and ugly cross. And He shed His blood. And He shed His blood And He broke His body so that you and I might be cleansed of sin. And He asks us in this good news, in this kingdom of God message, He asks you and I to consistently bow before the authority of God through His Word. The power and the authority of His Word is unchanging. And you can rest assured, Whiting Christian Church, that whether it's over a virtual environment or whether you're sitting right here in Whiting Christian Church building sanctuary, that we will always be about asking people to be amazed at God's Word because it has power and it has authority. We're not ever going to stop asking people to respond to God, to repent of their sin, to confess who God is, And to turn and accept the grace that is offered to them through God's Word and ask them to live a new life in Christ. Why is it? How is it? What is it that we should be amazed about? We should be amazed at God's powerful and authoritative Word. It's unchanging. You see, the people in this text, they're amazed at Jesus because it's raw power. It's raw authority that comes from nothing else. And Jesus speaks it into existence. And it's through His Word that we can have that. Now, if you've been a Christian a while, and I'm guessing that many of you watching are and have been, you've been a a follower of Jesus for a while. And perhaps it is in your life, like at times it has been, quite frankly, for mine, that you've struggled to be amazed again by God's Word. What is it, what is it that can dull us? What is it that, that can derail us when it comes to God's Word? 
The people in Luke chapter 4 knew what could derail them. Luke tells us of another story when Jesus goes into a synagogue and the people are amazed, yes. But it seems like their amazement is dulled. I wonder if sometimes there's an over-familiarity with Jesus. We've walked with Jesus so long that we're so familiar with Jesus that we, we kind of forget the power and authority of His Word. Is there an over-familiarity that dulls your senses, that derails you from having amazement about the power and authority of God's Word? Uh, look with me in the text. Would you look at verse 14? Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about Him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everybody praised Him. He went to Nazareth where He had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, He went into the synagogue as was His custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back, and the attendant sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began saying to them, Today this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of Him, and they were amazed at the gracious words that came from His lips. But listen to the question. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. There was a familiarity with Jesus. Jesus is in Nazareth. The text tells us this is where He's brought up. This is where everybody seems to know Him. He grew up there. I mean, there was probably a, a, a person in the audience that, that recognized Jesus, that knew who Jesus was from his childhood. Oh yeah, I, I remember Jesus. I remember watching him grow up. I remember, you know, babysitting Jesus. Maybe there was a, friend, a childhood friend of Jesus sitting in the audience. Uh, there was a great familiarity with Jesus. And Jesus goes to Isaiah 61. He rolls the scroll. They were all sitting there waiting in anticipation. What is Jesus going to say? He rolls the scroll. and he... God did miracles for the Gentiles. And these two stories of Elisha and Elijah, uh, what Luke is telling us is that God still had a heart for people who were not His people. They were the Gentiles. And they're resentful. Do for us this. If you want me to be amazed, Jesus, then you have to do something for me. And an over-familiarity with Jesus robbed them of amazement in the power and authority that God wanted to give through His Word. Notice how the, all this ends. It doesn't end well. In verse 28, all the people in the synagogue were furious. They got up, drove Him out of town, and took Him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw Him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. One of the ways that we can be dulled and derailed when it comes to our amazement of God through His Word, we can lose the power and authority of God's Word is because we think that God owes us something. And we can be resentful when someone else seems to receive something that we think God should give to us. 
If you want to be amazed again at God's Word, if you want to be amazed again at at the power and the authority that, that God's Word has, then the one thing that you're going to need to do, how is it that you are going to regain an amazement of the power and authority of God's Word? How are you going to be amazed again? It's really quite simple. I, I know it seems like a Sunday school answer, but it's just so true. If you want to be amazed again at the power and authority of God's Word, you're going to have to open up His Word. You're going to have to begin to read it. You're going to have to begin again to encounter Jesus in a fresh way. My challenge to you is just simply to open up the Word and you don't stop reading until God shows you something amazing. I don't care if you read from Genesis through Revelation. Uh, God is going to work in powerful and authoritative ways through His Word. You begin to read His Word and watch what happens and see if your life doesn't come to a point where you're saying, hey, you know what? I remember that time and I'm amazed again at the power and the authority of what God is doing. I'll tell you what. I will make you a custom reading plan. Any reading plan that you want. If you want to get into God's Word, if you want to read through the whole Bible in a month, I'll give you that reading plan. If you say, I want to begin to read John's Gospel or Luke's Gospel. I want to read all of Paul's letters. I, I just want to read uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. I, you name the portion of Scripture that you want to read and you contact me, you let me know. And I will make you a custom reading plan and I'll send it to you so that you can begin to check off and again, read through God's Word with an eye toward amazement and say, I am going to be amazed again at the power and the authority of God's Word. Just last night, I was talking with my daughter and I, I've asked her a couple times about this particular uh, study. and It's called Core 52. It's uh, written by a, a college professor, and, uh, and Core 52 is really taking 52 weeks out of the year and saying, we're going to just dig into 52 core teachings that are happening in the Bible every single week. And I asked Lydia last night, I said, hey, would you be willing to do that with me if we did it? 52 weeks, 52 core principles, 52 core pieces of God's Word. And, and my anticipation is that as we uncover 52 weeks out of our year, that as we open up God's Word, we're going to be amazed again at the power and the authority of God through His Word. It's interesting to me that right now around the world, there's a disciple-making uh, movement. And you know what it's founded on? It's really founded on something so simple that it's not on marketing and it's not on great graphics and it's, it's not on great sound quality and it's not, a, it's not a, a let's see how many glitz and glamour we can have on a Sunday morning. You know what it's really built on? It's built on one person, one believer, challenging other believers and people that don't know Jesus to open up the Bible and do what it says. That's it. They're instructed literally to read the Bible and whatever they understand to do it that week. And I wonder if the way that you and I are going to come out of a, a dull or a derailed amazement of God, 
is by opening up God's Word on a daily basis and simply saying, I'm going to read, and whatever I understand, I am going to do that. And then I'm going to stand amazed at the power and the authority of God's raw Word. And it's going to change me, and it's going to change people. This last week, my mom texts me. My mom lives in Nevada right now, and she texts me and she said, Hey, I just want you to let you know, would you be, be praying for Grandma? She lives in a, an assisted living center in Washington State. And the assisted living center, they have a case of what we know as coronavirus, COVID-19. My grandmother's 90 years old. She's 90. I had just spoken with my grandmother earlier that week, this last week. I got this text from my mom saying, hey, would you pray for grandma? And just about as quickly as I could, I, I, I dialed my mom up and I, I wanted to talk to my mother. Because this is her mom. I said, mom, how you doing? I hear about grandma. Are you okay? And surprisingly, my mother was very calm. She wasn't hysterical. She wasn't upset. She just simply said, Mike, would you pray? Would you pray for grandma? I don't know if this is her time to go or not, or this is how God's going to choose to take her. But she said, maybe just pray an extra prayer for grandma. Pray that God would keep her safe. Pray that she would do all the right things. And pray that if, if this is her time, that we would be willing to accept it. Here's what got me. She said, you know, the one thing that I've been doing through this whole time is every day I read one psalm. And the psalm, she said, was Psalm 91. She said, I'm reading Psalm 91. It's actually changed my life. It's, it's actually giving me great strength. Wow. So I talked with my mom a little further. I hung up the phone and I went and grabbed my Bible and I turned to Psalm 91. You know what Psalm 91 is all about? It's about making God a refuge in time of trouble. God, would you be my refuge? Would you be my strength? I'm going to be with you. You're going to be with me. And I looked at that moment and I thought, wow. It's the power and the authority of God's Word at work. So how is it that you're going to be amazed again? You're going to be amazed again because you open up God's Word and it finds its way into the innermost parts of your life. And even in tough times, maybe like now, you're going to open up God's Word and His power and His authority is going to be present. And the result... The result is that people will change. Imagine if people begin to open up God's Word with power and authority. Imagine what's going to happen in your home over the next six weeks as your whole family is quarantined or is in a close proximity with one another. Imagine what's going to happen in your home. Imagine how God's power and authority is going to come and visit you. Imagine what's going to happen in our community, in your community, 
in your town, when all of this is said and done, imagine uh, how it's going to affect our communities as God's Word and His power and authority is stood on with amazement because God's people have been amazed at God's Word. Because we've opened it up and done what it said. Imagine what's going to happen. It's my challenge. My challenge for you is to be amazed again. To be amazed again by the power and the authority of God's Word. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we love You and we want to serve You in every imaginable way. And Lord, I pray that we will not stop coming back to Your Word. I know, Lord, there are times when we have derailed ourselves. We've been dulled to being amazed to You. Maybe we have an over-familiarity with who You are, but Lord, I pray that we will wash out any familiarity that we might have with You in order just to see You freshly. That we will come to Your Word in a powerful way and you will, you will show us who You are. That You will show us Your power and Your authority and You will do it first with us. Lord, do it first in me. Lord, would You transform me through Your Word and would You help me to be obedient to what You say? And would Your raw Word just cut through my life in a powerful way that I would, I would surrender all to follow You? And Lord, would You bring people to find and follow You through Your Word? And would Your raw power and Your Gospel and Your good news and the message of Your Son coming, and the opportunity at grace to live forever, to live an eternal life with Jesus, Lord, would You, through that message that's found in Your Word, would, would You just help people find and follow You? Would they find amazement in the power and authority of Your Word? Lord, we ask that You would guide and lead our hearts and our minds to Your powerful and authoritative Word. Lord, we love You. We want to serve You. And we want to be amazed again by Your powerful and authoritative Word. We pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. And God's people said, Amen. He's going to help us fight our battles, gang.